Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. Today is August 4th, 2020. I'm coming at you right at the end of the Orlando game. Uh, the Pacers just won 120 to 109. We're just going to recap that. Uh, so I am going solo today. Tom Lewis is out with, uh, he's at a fundraiser. Poor guy. Uh, did not get to witness the game. Uh, if you do not witness the game, we'll, we'll be going pretty in depth with it. I'm going to start off talking about um, how the, the, starters looked and then divulging into the bench a little bit and then we'll come back with some uh, some key takeaways before we head into looking at the rest of the week um so to start off with obviously 120 to 109 pacers win uh, i i would say the game was not as close as the final score uh, the pacers started off on a 19 to 3 run and just kind of never looked back uh, the team never uh, was without the lead, which we cannot say for most of the season. Normally, this team really struggles to get going in the first quarter. Starts kind of slow. Just was not the case today and came out guns blazing, really firing away and, and looked really strong out there. The first thing to really look at with this game was TJ Warren continuing his production. He was just incredible again tonight. 32 points, uh, just played in- incredibly well on both ends of the floor, was getting out in transition, uh, was hitting really tough three-pointers again. He had just a couple of real heat check moments that uh, you you look at them and you kind of just laugh a little bit and go like, wow, I'm watching this. It's kind of crazy to see some of these shots go in. Um, It's, it's been incredible watching this, this run that he's been on. He actually just tied Jermaine O'Neal for most points by a pacer across three games. He actually had a chance to to take the the mantle as number one on the last possession of the game, but decided to dribble it out instead, which kind of is indicative of the guy that he is. Just really humble. Uh, not like he would would be any less humble by you know going and trying to 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 take that award or that that, that place in history. But he, I you know he's just more about winning games and going out and trying to to settle some kind of award. Maybe he didn't even know about it. Who knows? But still, just a really cool moment for him. Really cool game. Uh, for him, he just continued to look effortless out there in his scoring ability. Um, I'm actually really excited. He just he, there, he's showing some flashes of development in his game. I'm actually looking at writing about it a little bit, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But his passing is kind of at another level. Uh, he's he's not like a it's not like he's ever been a bad passer, but he's he's really just a guy who's been finishing plays for the Pacers this year uh, and doing it really well, of course. But now he with the extra attention he's getting a little bit on defense. He's been finding the open man a little bit and just making some some passes and reads that he wasn't earlier in the year. And he's just had a level of comfortability that is crazy to crazy to look at and think about. I mean, it, maybe it's just his being in a gym is, is his, his natural habitat a little bit. Actually, his his Twitter, if you go on his Twitter, his location is at a gym near you. So or it's, it's either at a gym or at a gym near you. I can't remember. But that's that's the kind of guy TJ is. He loves it just thrives in this environment. Um so it's, it, but I, I, I do want to know, I really think he's just making some strides as a player and it's not just because of a different environment or anything like he, he's blossoming before our eyes. I'm not going to say that he's going to be an all-star or something, but he's playing incredibly well. Uh, so moving to our, our, you know, next guy in the starting lineup, Victor Oladipo had a really solid game. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. He wasn't uh, doing anything too flashy, just kind of similar to uh, the game against Philadelphia. He's just letting the game come to him, letting the game come to the team not trying to take over the offense. Uh, there were a couple moments where he, he took the ball, drove to the basket, was really looking to get himself going, and uh, actually got to the line twice today, which is more than, you know, that's what he, he did. He, he got to the line once uh, against Philadelphia. 
Um, he, he's, he's still not quite there with the burst, but he's doing a lot of really great things on defense. I mean, his off-ball defense has been huge. He's kind of free safetying. Uh, came up with a steal that, that ended up in a transition point. So, um, just doing a lot of things that you, you kind of have to go back and look at sometimes. Uh, more forcing passes out of, of drives, or he's rotating over as a low man to contest shots. Uh, he's just playing really good basketball. Um, that you know, it's it's not anything flashy yet, but it, it's nice to see the flashes that are coming from him uh, in terms of getting back to the level that we know we can play at. Um, so he's still on a minutes restriction and will not be playing back to backs. Or rather, I should specify the second night of a back-to-back, or the first night. It just depends on the back-to-back, you know, on whoever the coach decides to, to, whichever, ah, gosh, my tongue is all twisted up. Whichever matchup Coach McMillan decides is better, which obviously the Wizards were a less staunch opponent than Orlando, so Victor played Orlando today instead of the Wizards yesterday. Um, that looks like it's going to be the, the, the something moving forward, and I wouldn't be surprised if that continues next year. Um so moving on to the next starter, Miles Turner had a really solid game. Uh, he struggled a little bit in the first half, uh, or I shouldn't say struggled. I mean, he, he had his hands full with Nikola Vucevic, a really good post score, really good player. Um, he was just kind of a half step behind him to start the game. Vuce got out to a really good start, ended up with, uh, finished with, I believe, 21 or 22 points, but was in double digits early, uh, was playing really well, and, and Miles was just not quite there hanging with him. Uh, but as the game went on, uh, Miles played incredibly. He started getting it going from three, got into the pick and pop a little bit. Uh, I shouldn't say a little bit. He finished with five threes, which is more than he was taking in like in, in, in an entire two or three games. So him getting into this rhythm and, and the way that he was hitting from three, he went four or five. Uh, all of them swished clean. Uh, I believe three of them came, came out of the pick and roll with Malcolm Brogdon. And instead of floating to 16 or 18 feet, which... Tom and I and, and Caitlin Cooper have been talking about on, on our recent podcast. That's what he's been doing. He's popping to, to three instead, and that is uh, immense for for him and for the offense. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, that was really nice to see. His defense kind of came alive a little bit more as uh, as as his offense was was booming as well. So that was just a really great part of his game. I, I really am excited to see him continue in that two man game with Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm really just started finding him and getting him going, uh, and that was significant. Um, so, you know, looking at Malcolm, he's just kind of going off of that. Uh, he did not shoot well from the field. Uh, he shot about 33%. was 0-5 from three, uh, but he got to the rim three times. Actually, I, I don't have a stat on it, but he missed two free throws. Uh, that is a rare occurrence. It's a rare occurrence for him to miss one free throw, so two free throws in one game. Uh, unlikely to see that happen again for a while. If it happens again in the bubble, I would be surprised if there's a, some kind of betting on that. Uh, send it my way. I'd love to put money down. Um, his driving continues to be huge. You know, even if he's not scoring off of them, he, he's doing a ton driving to the rim, opening up looks for for others. The driving kick actions that he's been drawing that he's been drawing have been uh, really important for the offense, especially with Domas out. So while the shooting still isn't quite there. Um, I'm excited about what he's doing with the ball in his hands. And I, I think the shooting will come with, you know, when Victor is kind of more engaged with his minutes. You know, he ha- I mean, I shouldn't say more engaged. It's not like he isn't engaged, but, you know, he has more more minutes. He has free reign and he starts to kind of get c- control of the offense a little bit more. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how those two kind of figure that out and figure out how to uh, 
how to work it out and and make that their ability to handle the ball work together. Um, I think Malcolm will really thrive in an off-ball role. I've talked about this before, but I think he's a guy who's a lot better in catch-and-shoot um, than he is off the dribble or or uh, shooting contested jumpers. He's an incredible shooting shoot, shooting catch-and-shoot threes. So I think with Vic getting more opportunities in, in the drive game with, with Malcolm on the wings, potentially getting more open looks, I think that could be huge for Malcolm's shooting. His defense continues to be solid. Just his all-around play is good. He can he's he's doing a lot on the court uh, without necessarily being a primary scorer. So uh, I think as he gets more opportunity to to thrive off ball, I, I think that'll really help him out a lot in that area of the game, and he'll continue to shine through in the others. Um, so moving into the last starter, Aaron Holiday. Uh, Aaron had a pretty quiet game today, but not in a bad way. Uh, kind of as Tom said in our last episode. He was just kind of getting his, his looks in the flow of the offense. Uh, shot okay today, I believe 40% from the field, which is, you know, not great, but it's small sample size. A shot okay from three, got to the line once, I believe. Uh, but his defense was was really impressive today. Uh, his rotations have been really crisp. He took a couple plays in the post. He actually got posted up by James Ennis and forced the miss. Uh, James Ennis is 6'6", like probably 220, 230 pounds. Uh, so he has got quite a bit of size on Aaron, but Aaron's got a really strong base, played some very technique, I mean, very technical textbook post defense on, on Ennis and forced the miss. Uh, and he did that a couple times. He's just been making really smart plays on the defensive end, strong at the point of attack. Uh, hasn't really been getting lost off ball or on screen or anything. So that's been really impressive. I think he's really starting to, the lights just kind of clicking for him and he's the game's slowing down for him on both ends. He's not looking super frenetic out there just trying to to get his shot because he wants to contribute. I think he's really just starting to find his role, and that's that's huge for him moving forward and huge for the team moving forward. And I'm really excited for his development. Uh, he was passing well, just doing a lot of things really, really nicely that maybe aren't popping off because he's not the, he's not the guy scoring 32 points, but definitely important to note what he's doing uh, in the bubble so far. So with that, we're going to take a quick break before we get into talking about the bench and some of the key takeaways from the game. Welcome back to the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I just want to remind you, if you have not already, please be sure to go rate and review on Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe on Spotify, and uh, just be sure to shoot any comments, questions, feedback uh, that you have for the podcast to me on Twitter or uh, on IndieCornrows.com. So moving into the bench, TJ McConnell had another great game today. He was doing a ton of stuff out of the driving kick that was generating action for the bench. Uh, he was actually the best scorer off the bench today. He contributed with 12 points. I believe he had four assists. Um, he was just driving a lot of offense, doing the small things again, uh, con- continuing to make the bench look like a well-oiled machine for the most part. Uh, there were some chinks in the armor we'll talk about uh, as we move on a little bit, but uh, TJ was was phenomenal again and it's taking on a really increased role with Domas out, uh, and he's become the primary initiator for that second unit, uh, which has been cool to see because he's been doing well with it. Um, He continues to be, I think, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite acquisitions, small acquisitions by the Pacers uh, in recent years. I remember I didn't know anything about TJ McConnell other than he was kind of irritating in in Philadelphia, and I think it's funny because I I don't mean that as a knock. He's just the kind of player you wouldn't want to play against, which maybe that sounds cliche, but I just remember this team playing against Philadelphia the last couple of years. TJ McConnell would always come in and do like two or three things that were just really freaking annoying, like he'd get a steal randomly or 
uh, he'd get a, a loose ball and it was it's the kind of stuff that he does that contributes over to the Pacers and he's been a huge leader it seems like on and off court uh, we saw in, as and mentioned in, about the Philadelphia game uh, when he took both Miles and Aaron aside separately and talked to them after they had a slight argument on court and seemed to smooth things over so I think he, what he's done has been huge for the Pacers and continues to just be a steady hand off the bench. Um, Jakar Sampson had another really good game. He had this beautiful up and under move, uh, flashed some post game that I didn't know he had, which was really cool to see. Um, he's, he's been a really good cutter. His screen setting still isn't fantastic, but I think a lot of it's just because he's, he's not a, a huge dude. You know, I mean, it's harder to knock somebody off, uh, and have a set a really good screen on them when you're six foot seven compared to being six eleven like Domas. So, uh, that that's been it's not largely not his own fault and uh, he hit i believe he had like one mid-ranger today he continues to shoot decently well from from that like uh 10 to 16 foot range uh hitting just like those little elbow jumpers that, that continue to stretch out the defense just ever so slightly which is important for driving lanes um it is a force on the glass continues to contribute on defense and just be a smart player who really is showing why the, it was smart for the Chad Buchanan and and Kevin Pritchard to give him a deal this time last year somehow it was, it was that long ago already. It feels like a million years ago, but um, he's just a fun player to watch, good guy to root for. Um, and if you've not already, definitely go read uh, uh, Tony East did a really good piece on Jakar right before the hiatus ended. I've put it out a few times, um, but go check it out. He, he, Tony's a really good writer and uh, seeing getting that kind of inside look at Jakar is pretty cool. Um, so moving off to Carr, uh, going into Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday. Uh, why am I talking about them together? They're both really struggling without, without Demonis Sabonis. Uh, and it's not their own, largely not out of their own fault that neither guy has got really the kind of handle or skill set that's going to allow them to, um, create their own shot. They're more of guys who are going to finish a play, uh, or have a play drawn up for them. Uh, and they're, they really, with Domas setting dribble handoffs and setting screens for them to get them running and get on cuts, that's what's been so successful for the bench this year, and that's been missing for Justin and Doug. I think TJ McConnell's really been trying to find them. You can watch in game some of the passes. Have, I mean, it's not like the passes aren't getting there, but um, they get there, and then and then uh, Doug and Justin get keyed in on, and Jakar is not able to set a hard enough screen that's going to knock a guy off course. And he doesn't have the gravity to to pull a defender away from from sticking on to um, either Doug or Justin. And I think that's really hurt their three point shooting. I think collectively Doug and Justin are probably shooting under thirty percent. I don't have exact numbers on that, but I mean Doug shot o of o of two from three today. Justin was two of seven. Uh, so if they're not under that, I would be pretty shocked because they both struggled uh, in the bubble from three. And it's largely because their looks have been so contested. It's not, I mean, Justin missed a couple open ones today, but still the actions are different. Um, it's been hurting both of them. They still both played good all around games. Justin's defense continued to be really uh, just extraordinary for someone his size playing against some of the guys he has to play against. Um, he struggled a little bit with Aaron Gordon. I mean, that's a really tough matchup for him. Aaron Gordon's like 6'8, 6'9, 230 pounds. Uh, so that's a that's a really difficult matchup for somebody like Justin, who's six six, like two hundred, um, but continues to just be a really instrumental piece for the Pacers. Um, Doug, it, I think Doug's actually a better defender than he gets credit for. He's not going to be you know a world stopper on that end, but um, he had a couple of nice rotations, uh, played pretty well, 
uh, had actually a couple nice drives to the rim. Only one went in. Um, but yeah, I think the them not getting open for three is is going is proving a little problematic for the bench, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, in other news, Gogo Bataze was cleared by the training staff to go today. He did not, which I think is understandable. Um, he's you know he hasn't practiced in in a long time. So you're not going to just throw him into the fire to go five on five when he's out of condition. That totally makes sense for him to not get get any run today. Um, and also the Pacers do not have practice tomorrow. Uh, so I am not sure that we will see Goga anytime soon because if he's not going to get time to, to get conditioned in practice, uh, I don't. I, I bet they would be hesitant to bring him back in during a game, which again, that totally makes sense. Um, but the Pacers could really use uh, it would be well. I don't. I don't like saying use. I, I think it'd be good for the Pacers to get a chance to to give him some playoff minutes. It'd be good for Goga himself to get some. I mean, not even playoff minutes, but these kind of uh, meaningful minutes uh, as as a guy in the rotation. Obviously, we really like what Jakar has been doing, but just getting another look, getting some more size in there, uh, having somebody in case Miles or Jakar gets into foul trouble. I mean, that's significant, um, and just giving him a chance to 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 prove himself a little bit. Um, so now we're going to get into just takeaways uh, from the game. Just are kind of big takeaways. Uh, number one, I think this was Miles Turner's best game, uh, at least offensively, that we've seen in the bubble, at least in the seeding games. Um, with him and getting into the pick and pop is huge for him. He's a guy I really think should be shooting five or six threes a game. And I'm not somebody who's just all you know three happy, like everything has to be a three. But for Miles, that's huge for his game. And more importantly, that's huge for the offense. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, the driving lanes really open up when Miles is popping to three and he's hitting from there. And more importantly, he's shooting from there. Because in the first half, he was really hesitant. Uh, guys were kind of playing off of him a little bit. Or not even playing off of him, but they weren't worried about him shooting. They didn't have to worry about him shooting because he wasn't going to shoot it. So when, when Miles is going to quickly pop it, I, that's, that's really important for the offense. Um, cause even just slightly hesitating, it changes how a defender reads. It changes how a defender moves. It changes how a defend a defender or an entire defense acts and it can throw off an entire, uh, an entire set. So I think just him continuing to be confident in his three point shooting and take those shots is, is enormous moving forward. Um, that can just kind of in conjunction with the next part, the driving lanes have been wide open and that's even without that, you know, miles popping to three completely. Um, so I, I think that's been, uh, it's not like the offense has necessarily been better because Sabonis is out, but by having three guards out there, essentially, uh, at least in the starting lineup and TJ as a fourth ball handler, you have a lot of driving lanes open. The driving kick has been a huge part of the offense right now. Uh, and that's where a lot of the threes are coming from. That's how a lot of open cuts are coming from. Uh, and it's been some beautiful offense to watch. I mean, I put out a stat. The Pacers are currently sixth in offensive rating, uh, which is, that's that's really good. Uh, and that's in the bubble. Um, so that's up from 17th during the regular season. The half-court offense was, I believe, 11th or, or, or 12th. I can't remember. Um, but to be sixth in offensive rating right now is, is tremendous, especially considering the, the Sixers are a really good defensive team. Orlando's a solid defensive team. The Wizards... Not so much, but um, that's been nice. The defense hasn't really dropped off, um, so that's been nice as well. I think there are a lot of positive signs. I mean, the team is shooting more threes, 
Uh, we're up to 31 per game in the bubble. Again, small sample size, but that's up from 27 and a half during the regular season, which was the lowest attempt rate in the NBA. Uh, so for reference, 31 per game is 16th in the bubble, tied for 16th with Oklahoma City, uh, which that's good. You know, that's an improvement. You can see that's a market improvement. Other than the Wizards game, the Wizards game, they only shot 24. They shot 33 against, um, I can't speak, uh, um, against the Sixers, uh, shot 32 today. Um, those are good numbers. I, I want the Pacers to continue shooting like that because that opens up so much. And it's more just, uh, it's about solving the math problem. Me and Dave Dufour talked about this. Uh, me and Seth Part now talked about this on past pods. Um, it, it's just about you have to, at, at some point, you do have to shoot enough threes to keep up. And this team has capable three-point shooters. We know that. Uh, TJ's been really just gunning it from three at a higher rate than he has in his entire career and in his entire time as a pacer, which has been really uh, awesome to see. And I hope that continues. I do think he, I mean, he's not that I no. I, I know his, his numbers are not going to continue at the rate they are he's shooting 60, 60% from three. Uh, that's not going to continue. That's not sustainable, but I do think he's a good enough shooter where if he continues to shoot, like, you know, the way that he has with the confidence he has, the comfortability he has, um, that's really good for the offense. Um, and obviously just the last thing, the bench needs to find a spark. Uh, maybe they're, they, Coach McMillan finds a way to rotate Goga in. I still would be hesitant about that, but the, the bench is really missing screeners. Just having an effective screener. Jakar does his best, but he just does not have, as mentioned earlier, doesn't have the size to be uh, a, you know, a, a plus screener necessarily. Like He can do some nice stuff as a screener out of the screening role. Um, but he's not going to do the kind of stuff Domas does. And you also wonder, do they shift things around in the rotation or which I, I, I doubt that personally, I don't think that they will shift the rotation around, but you do look and think that something has to give with the bench because the bench has struggled in the bubble so far. Um, and Domas is likely not coming back in the bubble. So we're going to have to get used to not having him and find a way to make the bench work because the bench needs to be a plus. Um, and, you know, their defense has been good, but the offense has not been a, a huge positive for the bench. So that's something to look forward to. I, I look forward to seeing hopefully improve. Um, you know, that's kind of it for takeaways. I got into a lot of them while talking about the, the lineups as well. Um, Phoenix, big game coming up on Thursday. The Suns are 3-0 in the bubble right now. They just had a, a huge game against the Clippers today, 1-117 to 1-15. Devin Booker hit a crazy fadeaway while he was double teamed by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, if you have not seen that shot, go watch it right now. It's pretty incredible. Falls while taking the shot. Um, definitely uh, going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think I, I will definitely choose the Pacers in that matchup. But I do. I, I mean, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are a formidable pair. Booker's definitely going to be a tough cover. Uh, and this team's hungry and they're on a roll. So I think it's uh it's gonna be a tougher matchup than it's maybe getting credit for. Uh we'll have the Lakers up on Saturday, which I, you know, I'm gonna have pre-games up for both these games and post-games after as well. Um so be looking out for those. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, I'd I'd really love to hear them. And I sincerely mean that. I that I do this podcast A because I love the Pacers. I love talking about basketball. Um, but I really want to do this for, for those of you listening. I want to make this better. I want to make it something that you, you want to listen to. And to first of all, thank you to everyone who does listen because a lot of people have been listening and that's, that's really cool. Um, 
So if, but I really, I want to hear anything that you have to say that you think would be constructive and, and could help in making this podcast better. What do you want to hear? Do you have podcast suggestions, anything, uh, shoot them over to me on Twitter at M Schindler NBA. My DMS are open. You can also just mention me on Twitter if you want, uh, whatever. Um, and yeah, also shout out to this. I, I don't know if I have the name right off the top of the head It's Ryan. I think sports fan, Ryan, uh, thank you for reaching out to me on Twitter and telling me I'm doing a, a some cool stuff with the podcast. It was really cool to hear. I've been working hard on it, trying to make it good for your, for you guys. I have some exciting stuff coming up, exciting ideas. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I love the Pacers, love basketball. Happy we have it back. Hope that you are enjoying it as much as I am. Have a good rest of your day, night, whatever time you're listening to this, and uh, go Pacers.